at uh, Fort Butler National Cemetery um, for the committal service of Charles Brainerd, one of our men here who served in the Air Force. And uh, when I got down there for that committal service, I, I was told by the funeral home that there would be an honor guard. There's always an honor guard there, and I've served there uh, before. But what was a surprise is when I got to the cemetery and I started looking at the honor guard who would do the 21-gun salute and, uh, and play the trumpet and everything, I recognized most of them. It suddenly dawned on me that that was Lincoln's honor guard. They said Charles was one of ours from our community. We'll go all the way down. They traveled all the way down there to the cemetery. And what you uh, may not know is that the honor guard is mostly made up of men from our congregation, which is, is just so exciting. Um, they, they, I always go out and thank the honor guard for their participation. It always means a lot to me to be there. And they always say the same thing to me. Uh, the, the colonel will always say to me, now listen, pastor, it's cold, and if you go too long, we have one live round. <laughs> and I think it's some of the men from our church who fight for that live round, but either way, it's, a, it's always a blessing to have that. And so once again, uh, to the veterans, just from me personally, thank you so much uh, for what you've done. I'm very proud of you. Well, what would you like to be remembered for? I mean, what, what do you hope your friends and family say about you when you're gone? What, what do you want your grandkids to hold on to when you're no longer here? That's what we call legacy. Legacy is what lives on after we die. And we all have a legacy that's going to stick around for a while. Now, we know people who are not going to leave a good legacy. We, we know. That happens. In fact, if you're with us this morning and you're concerned about the legacy you're leaving your children, the good news is it's not too late to change it. If there's still blood going through your veins, if there's still a heart that's pumping and breath in your lungs, you can change your legacy. I've heard many people talk about the great changes their mom and dad went through later in life and how much they respected those changes. Same can be said of you. But we're talking about legacy in this series. What is our most important legacy? Believe it or not, our most important legacy is not a legacy of dollars or investment or a will or an inheritance. Our most important legacy is not a legacy of offspring or grandchildren as much as we enjoy that. Our greatest legacy is to know that when we enter into heaven, there's someone coming to heaven behind us because of our time here. That's your greatest legacy. There's no, there's no legacy greater than that. You could leave your children all the money in the world, but if you lose them to hell, you have not secured a great legacy. What we want to see is family members and friends and loved ones coming into heaven right behind us because of our time here on earth. In order for that to happen, Jesus says you've got to let your light shine. There's a light that's inside all of us. If you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to let that light shine. Jesus said this on the sermon in the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 14. Jesus says, you, you are the light of the world. And a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Boy, it is hard to hide a city, isn't it? Especially at night when you're driving toward it. You can see that thing illuminated in the sky for a long time. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone, circle everyone, everyone in the house. 
When you and I let our light shine, especially in our families, it gives light to everyone. This is Jesus saying, you don't think I made you light bearers just to hide you from the world, do you? Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on a stand, and I'm going to give you a voice, and you are going to be light to everybody around you. When we were small children, if you grew up in the church, you were taught to sing, this little light of mine, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. You remember that song? What was so easy to sing as a child is not as easy as an adult, is it? Because the world hates the light, we're told. Yeah. Sometimes I know Christians who the only time you really let your light shine is when you're under the roof of a church. But the minute we walk outside those doors, that light switch is turned off. No, that's not what Jesus intended. He intended for you to shine. Verse 16, in the same way, he says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I love the word let. That means you don't create it. It was a gift given to you by Jesus. When you became a follower of Christ, he gave you his light. He said, I'm the light of the world. And then he turns around and says, now you're the light of the world. And he says, but you have authority over that light. You get to decide when it shines and when it doesn't shine. Let your light shine, he encourages us. We've all known fireflies or lightning bugs, whatever you may call them. They have that little ability to illuminate uh, their bodies uh, at will when they want. There are fish deep in the ocean. In some of the darkest parts of the ocean, there are fish created by God who have the ability to self-illuminate. In fact, there's a fish called a flashlight fish. <laughs> he has a beacon on his forehead that at any point he can decide to turn that on. He can blind his prey, his food, or he can blind a, a predator who's coming after him. And he has total control over that light. Why would Christians hide their light? Because we're afraid of persecution. Because we're afraid somebody will go after us. The world prefers darkness, we're told. That's true. And some Christians are sometimes tempted to cover their lights. This little light of mine, but I'm going to cover it now. Yeah, the world is dark. And if you're feeling like the world is getting darker around you, it is. What, what recent news has frustrated you the most recently? Uh, the politics? Yeah, that's been frustrating. Shootings, protesters, murder, federal scandals, violence. Those are all very frustrating. The news you haven't been given and that's what frustrates me so much. None of the networks, none of them are telling you what's going on in the world as far as Christian persecution daily. People in other places in this world who have decided to let their light shine and are under unbelievable persecution because of it. Yes, it's happening in Egypt. Yes, it's happening in Iraq, places like that. That it, the story is, goes on and on. You know it so well. But don't kid yourselves. China is not a friend of Christianity. We have Chinese students who worship here, and uh, their prayer times, when you ask them, what can I be praying for? They're praying for family members back home 
who are under persecution right now. And then uh, the most recent Hindu radicals, Hinduism. Boy, you hear the word Hinduism. When the media talks about Hinduism, it's always a religion of peace and tranquility. And what you're not hearing is that Hindu radicals have taken to throwing acid in the face of Christians. They are disfiguring them for life or blinding them sometimes. Yeah, you bet this is a dark world. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. Evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to even worse, deceiving and being deceived. Jesus talked about this rejection of his light. In fact, in John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, he sounds like a judge. This is the verdict, he says. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Yeah, that's an accurate picture of the world. But we're not part of that darkness anymore, are we? In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And Paul says in Ephesians 5, For you were once darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Light has always been more powerful than darkness. Mammoth Cave, years ago, my, a couple of my children were here. We were down in Mammoth Cave and and uh, it was always a part of every cave tour, it seems like. The tour guide says, when he has you way back in, way out of the light, uh, we're going to turn off the lights. And Bonnie and I looked at each other. We had small children with us. And we're like, oh. And he said, you know, if you got small children, just kind of cluster around them. And so Bonnie and I, we got down. We got our four kids together a little bit. They're going to turn off the lights. It will just be for a little bit. It will be okay. Mom and Daddy are here. And then those lights went off. And my goodness, you talk about darkness. We were encouraged to put our hands in front of our face to see if we could see our hands. My, my hand was just inches from my eyes. I couldn't see it. And the whole time we were engulfed in that darkness, I could hear Bonnie talking to the kids. I'm right here. We got you. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Lights will be on in a moment. Just that unbelievable, comforting light of her voice. And then the tour guide did the most... Um, Impressive thing, he took out a Bic lighter, one of those cheap little Bic lighters, and turned on that lighter. That little tiny flame in all of that darkness had the darkness running for the corners immediately. There was such a comfort and an excitement of just seeing that tiny little flame. For you and I, when we think sometimes that we're not letting our light shine very bright, um, that little tiny light that you have in you, even when you let it shine, even in a small amount, has amazing power in it because it comes from Jesus. Anything attached to the name of Jesus is very powerful. And you can let your light shine in a way that, that is very comforting and, and very attractive and, and, and very welcoming. By the way, we've all known Christians who have let their light shine a little too bright. And it was overwhelming. Boy, you talk about in your face. It's like sleeping in a dark room all night and then somebody flips on a light switch. And what do you do? What's your reaction? Oh, come on, turn off that light. It's too bright. And sometimes Christians can come across like that. I, I wouldn't encourage that much brightness, but I would encourage you to let some light shine, especially with your families, especially with your children. 
what are you going to leave behind you? Is there going to be a light behind you? Are you going to leave a light on for them? That's a little bit about what this offering is all about. It's our 2018 large offering, and uh, let me tell you a little bit more about it. Yes, it is a 50-50 offering. 50% is going to go to the scholarship, 50% to the renovation of the bathroom. I'm so happy that Bob uh, was transparent with you. We, we had people last Sunday go over and look at the bathrooms and the changing rooms behind the baptistry, and you're encouraged to do that too. Um, we had people come in this week and walk through those facilities, and I'm just going to tell you, uh, those, those I, I, I've, I've worked on how to say this really well, and I haven't come up with it, so I'm just going to say it. Those toilets are gross, all right? They're clean, but they're just gross. They're stained, they're old. They, they were put in that facility way back in 1953, and they've never been changed. And it's just time that we renovate that whole area. And so this is what the, it starts next Sunday and goes to the end of the year, the end of the year large offering. Now, everyone's been asking me, how much is needed? How much is needed? How much is needed? <sighs> All right, I don't have a good answer for that. Here's the answer. Uh, We know that that facility, just the very basic changes, because we're going to get it done right professionally, just the very basic changes back there to renovate and brighten that area is right around $20,000. So if we're doing 50-50, that means we need to be somewhere around $40,000. However, I'm hoping it goes over that. Because there's other things we wanted to do in that hallway, and there's uh, another classroom we would like to uh, transform, and there's just more space back there than what you're aware of. And so I'm hoping for more money to come in so we can address more of those issues. And if you come and bring an overwhelming offering, here's what you need to know. If it's an overwhelming, staggering figure, we're not going to put in gold faucets or anything like that back there, all right? We're not going to go overboard. We're going to get the project done. Still 50%, 50% of whatever's collected will go to the scholarship. But if there are some extra funds, we have a long list of renovations that are needed here. And so for everybody who's a, who calls Lincoln Christian Church your home church, you know what? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. This church is important. People build a great facility for us. We didn't build this. They built it for us, and they left the light on for us, and we're being asked, are we going to need to leave a nice light on for the future? If you're a guest with us today, and, and you're like, oh, I walked into a church when there's a money appeal, relax, I'm not asking you to give any offering, all right? If you're brand new to us, you do not have to give. However, if you've been here three weeks, <laughs> welcome to your new church, you know? We are so glad to have you. Leave the lights on. This is what Jesus intended. This is what God dreamed of for you and I. That Jesus would be the light of the world. He'd be sent to a very dark world. Isn't it impressive that at Christmas time is when we celebrate the coming of Jesus and that marks the darkest time of the year? Every, Every day right now is getting darker and darker and darker and it's not until Christmas time that we finally break out of that darkness and it finally starts getting lighter and lighter and lighter every day. But we're in that march toward darkness. And that's when we commemorate the birth of Jesus. Because God, God just knew that he wanted you and I to be aware of the darkness but to appreciate the light. So he sent us Jesus who is the light of the world and then he makes us lights. Who are you leaving a light on? It was an elders meeting. Again, I'm going way back to when my children were smaller because they're here today. They'll remember this. But uh, 
I came home from an elders meeting. The kids were all in bed, and Bonnie was smiling. <laughs> and uh, she said, you know, would you like some dinner? I said, yeah. And so she had some dinner there for me, and I ate my dinner. And the minute the dinner was over, she said, you know, it's, it's late. Are you, are you ready for bed? And she's smiling. It's not what you think, by the way. I just want to <laughs> just slow down here. It's not what you think. And so, all right, yeah. I said, I'm ready for bed. And so we went in, and we were getting ready for bed, climbed in to the bed, and she's still just smiling at me. <laughs> and then she said, are you ready for the lights to be turned off? I'm, I'm ready. She turned the lights off, and what she had done while I was at the elders' meeting was she had covered our ceilings with those little glow-in-the-dark stars. You guys remember that? All these glow-in-the-dark stars. And it, it was charming, and it was sweet, uh, and she was just like a kid for a few moments. Do you know what it takes for glow-in-the-dark to work? Exposure to light. Uh, the longer the exposure, the longer the glow-in-the-dark works. Uh, the brighter the light source, the brighter the glow-in-the-dark works. They got glow-in-the-dark for everything today. <laughs> you can have glow-in-the-dark toys and glow-in-the-dark pajamas. And I just recently discovered they have glow-in-the-dark diapers. And why you'd want to see those things glow, I, I can smell the glow. I don't know why I would want to see it. But, uh, yeah. So if you and I are going to glow in this dark world, the light is already in us, but it requires a long exposure to the light of Jesus. And the more time you and I spend with Jesus, the brighter we shine, the longer we shine. The problem with us today is not that we don't have the light. It's just that we're not getting the light exposure to Jesus that we need. And so every year I encourage our people to read, read the Gospels. Read the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus was so important to God that he told Matthew, write the story. And when Matthew was done, he says, perfect. Now, Mark, you write a story. And so Mark recorded everything. And when Mark was done, Jesus said, perfect. Now I want Luke to write. And Luke wrote the story of Jesus. And when Luke was done, God still goes to John and says, there's a whole bunch of stuff they didn't catch. Would you write a story of? And, and John writes it. That's how important the story of Jesus was to God. And it's how important it is for you and I to glow. So the question with our legacy today is, who are you leaving a light on for?